You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters close to the stars. And this is episode 468 of the Colombia Calling podcast. June 2023, our 10th year anniversary. Who could ever have imagined? We started up all those years ago, not much more than kind of a travel expat related podcast. And now we are far more international, hopefully dealing with, you know, more interesting or an, and a grander and more, uh, more ample variety of topics here, Columbia related topics, and of course, interviewees. So thank you to each and every one of you listening out there. And thank you to each and every one of you who has been on the podcast. Of course, it, you know, we are nothing without either of those parties. This week's episode, this week's episode, we have Eric Taboni on the or Tabone on the uh, on the podcast. He's originally from Texas. He moved down here some 12, 12 years ago. This is not an expat related podcast, but we do talk about business and starting a business in Colombia and things that he wishes he would have known or have done differently when he came down and started a business with a few hundred dollars in his pocket. Uh, and now, as a gentleman of leisure, he's not, of course, a gentleman of leisure. I tease, I tease him the whole way through this as being a gentleman of leisure because he's still a business consultant down here. So get in touch with him. Find him on LinkedIn. Look up Eric Taboni. He's the only one you'll find in Colombia. And, uh, and get in touch if you're thinking of some, you need some consultation on how to set up businesses and so on here in Colombia and the region, because of course his business has spread. It has uh, crossed borders. And it's a fun conversation. It's two guys really chewing the fat, or as you, we would say in Cockney rhyming slam, it's uh, chatting, chewing the fat, chat about Colombia and it. Is Colombia a land of opportunity? Is there everything to be done here? Well, we think so. And that's what comes out of this podcast. Thank you to everybody who tuned in to last week with our most popular guest, that is Sergio Guzman and Sara Torres, both of Colombia Risk Analysis and talking about Chinese influence and Chinese investment in Colombia. So quite a topical one, of course, talking about that here in Colombia, because not much is said about it. And, you know, there's a few conclusions if you've listened to it. Well, is Colombia ready? I think you can guess the answer. So we will be back after the news with Emily Hart, and then we will come in and talk about, well, uh, should we call this free as a bird? No, we'll call it a gentleman of leisure episode with Eric Taboni here in Bogota. And then, of course, we will be looking at further further interviews with people around Colombia or elsewhere talking about something Colombia related so please get in touch and thank you Elisa for your um for your for your suggestion I have been in touch with the person but as yet nothing has come to but watch this space so thank you again for listening please remember to support us on www.patreon.com forward slash Columbia calling don't go away the Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique 
private package of your own, just complete the form on the Columbia Calling website, that's www.columbiacalling.co, or the BNB Columbia Tours website, that's www.bnbcolumbia.com, and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive Colombian adventure. So that's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. I'm Emily Hart and these are your top stories for the week of May 8th, 2023. A third round of talks with the guerrilla group, the ELN, the Ejército de Liberación Nacional, kicked off in Cuba this week. Despite the lack of a national ceasefire so far, parties are looking instead to build one incrementally, starting from certain regions. Meanwhile, the installation of a negotiating table with FARC dissident group, the Estado Mayor Central, was postponed amid more difficulties for the total peace policy in urban contexts, as the roundtable with armed groups in Medellin was cancelled only hours before it was scheduled to start. Meanwhile, Buenaventura's fragile peace is also facing difficulties after the murder of two members of local criminal gang Los Chotas. And Colombia's biggest armed group, the Clan del Golfo, or AGC, have rejected a government proposal to surrender to justice, preferring instead a peace negotiation. The ceasefire with the group remains suspended. Last month saw a spike in the murders of social leaders with 21 assassinations in April, according to Human Rights Watch and Indepaz. 57 were killed between January and the end of April this year, and Human Rights Watch are calling for expanded state presence and implementation of the 2016 peace deal with the FARC, as well as the pursuit of the new policy of total peace. Two Colombian brothers have been convicted of the murder of Paraguayan prosecutor Marcelo Pecci, which took place last year near Cartagena. The Perez Hoyos brothers, originally from Antioquia, have been sentenced to over 25 years in prison, having pleaded guilty in January. Pecci was an anti-mafia prosecutor involved in some of the region's most important drug trafficking and money laundering cases. The investigations have concluded that the brothers were responsible for the logistics of the crime, but that there were others involved, some of whom have now been arrested, though the Brazilian crime gang, the First Capital Command, known as the PCC, are held ultimately responsible. And despite setbacks to the government coalition, including the Conservative Party's official departure this week, Congress has now passed the National Development Plan, including the investment of 1.2 trillion pesos, around 248 billion US dollars. Its priorities are territorial planning around water, human security and social justice, food security and climate action, and regional integration. The plan also emphasizes the role of women and working towards a society free of stereotypes, supporting and financing projects which promote autonomy and economic empowerment for women. Those were your top stories for this week. Thanks for listening. And we're back. This is episode 468 of the Columbia Calling podcast. We are one month away from our 10-year anniversary. Um, our very special guest today is Eric Taboni. You might know him if you've listened to the podcast over the years. He is the founder, creator, director of Bogota Business English. Uh, but now we're kind of saying that this is the free as a bird podcast episode because Eric has been so successful, he's been able to retire. And so we're going to appeal to all of those out there, all of those of you out there thinking, oh, I'd love to go to Colombia and start up a business and then retire out there because it's such a great place to be. So we're going to hear about how he set up a business, some of the, uh, hmm, what did you say, obstacles along the way, and what he would have done differently, and hopefully fill this with all sorts of amusing anecdotes. So uh, welcome on the Columbia Calling Podcast, Eric. Richard, hey, how are you? Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, happy to be here and uh, happy to share some stories and and and, and kind of just share what, what's happened over the years. Yeah, last time you were on, we did like a like we went through like uh, some funny stories from your wedding in Okanya, I think. 
Yeah, so that was a couple of years ago when I got married. That was in 2014, and, and Colombian weddings are are, uh, yeah. are quite quite the party, quite the party. I, I recall that there was like a waiter who was stealing cutlery and stuff. I think it was stealing. Oh yeah. Forks. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I had I had we had quite a bit that went missing, but I also remember the party. I think we had planned going to like two a.m. and the party ended up finishing like at eight a.m. Isn't that the way it should be? Isn't that you know the celebration to end all celebrations? That's what it should be. Well, I I remember talking to my wife about when we were well, my fiance at the time when we were planning the wedding, and I just said, as long as we have booze that does not run out and music. Nobody else is going to remember what happens. No matter, like, if, if the food's bad, nobody's going to remember that. If the service is bad, nobody's going to remember. We had so many people show up. The food was horrible. The service was horrible. <laughs> but we never ran out of booze, and the music never stopped, and nobody remembers that. So, yeah, so yeah it, was, it was still still good good memories and, and a lot of funny stories over there. And that was just pre-COVID when we talked. I mean, it was just pre-COVID. Things were starting to shut down. Uh, uh, but we'll get into that. Tell us uh, – um, Bogota Business English, how did it come about all those years ago? What, 12 years ago? Uh, yeah, a little over 12 years ago. So just a, a slight backstory uh, for those listening. I'm originally from Texas. When I finished university, uh, this was in, in 2008, I decided to just backpack through Latin America. So I started Guatemala and made my way all down to Colombia. My goal was to make it to Argentina, but I, I don't think I realized I, I didn't have that much money. And I also didn't realize how, how big Latin America was. And, and so, yeah, at that time, I just fell in love with Bogota. I uh, went back to the United States, was working for a couple of years, and then came back in 2010 to – my original goal was just to learn learn Spanish and see what happens. And I was down here, and I was having so much fun. Um, I didn't want to leave. And so I ended up seeing a, just a need in the market. And started launching a, a company. Um, this was in 2011. We started with the name Bogota Business English. That name came out of a, a night of drinking beers with a bunch of people. And that name just randomly came up. Uh, an hour later, I bought the domain. A day later, I put up a website thinking this would be a great uh, practice for me to go get my MBA. And I was going to do this for two years. Mm-hmm. Then 12, 13 years later, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> And that MBA, it's not not come about, or you didn't do it distance or anything. Never came about. You know, starting a company, running a company across Colombia and Latin America, I found was was a bit more uh, real life than a than a, a MBA in the classroom. So I think I, I learned more than I probably would have in the MBA. But we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, you know, I think you probably did the hands on experience of uh, of cutting your teeth in business in Latin America is. It's something I think a lot of people dream of, uh, you know, that nice idea of, of, okay, let's leave, let's leave the US, let's leave the UK, Europe, or whatever. Uh, it'll be so much easier that I want that quality of life. And I think there are elements of truth, of course, the quality of life type thing, but the ease of setting up a business, you know, you are now, as again, I said, the gentleman of leisure, you have been... <laughs> posting on linkedin sort of about things you wish you'd done differently and things you wish you'd known beforehand so let's well let well let's start let's start going through this i mean we've talked a little bit about the early days but you started up it was it was bootstrapping it was working out of your apartment uh how quickly did the the business like uh take off yeah so i mean just kind of going back um it was 2011 that we started and first couple of years it was just just me i i was uh so bb uh we're, we're now called bb languages because we weren't uh working just in bogota and just a side note i found that selling bogota business english in medellin or in other countries across latin america wasn't wasn't um well received so we ended up doing a rebranding a couple of years ago we just go by the name of bb so first couple of years with bb you know the first few years i was uh teaching i was cleaning the toilets i was the ceo i was a finance director everything you could think of when we were doing it and i never once again ever expected things to really take off so the first couple of years it was uh it was a lot of fun a lot of a lot of work but a, 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 definitely a lot of fun yeah. and it was probably 2014 when things started to to pick up you know, we had a the first couple of years we were working mostly just with individuals, and I was just going down a trip down memory lane. Some of the individuals we actually worked with in those early days, which you might recognize these names, um, Alejandro Gavadia, 
was one of our students for a while. Gaviria, uh, presidential yeah, yeah. hopeful, former minister yeah. of of education. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 all over. So at the time, he was the dean of the Los Andes, and he spoke perfect English. Uh, he just needed some practice and. I remember he was working with uh, somebody on my team. I just went by one day, just introduced myself, and he was the nicest guy in the world um, at the time. And, and so uh, that was pretty interesting. And then uh, somebody else that uh, anybody who follows any Colombian shows might recognize the name is Laura uh, Lodonio. And See, I, didn't I don't. Really... So who's that? She was. She's the famous Colombian actress. She was in the what, what was that Cafe con Amor or something like that. Uh, That's her most recent one. Amor con aroma de café. Yeah, or something like that. Some, so. One of those telenovelas. Yeah, and and so, I mean, the first couple of years, we had these random people, and I didn't even know who she was until like a few years <laughs> later. And then, uh, um, and yeah, I spoke to her on the phone, and once again, these were like the nicest people in the world. No matter what's going on today or where they are, they, it was just such a such a, a pleasure working with them. 2014, 2015, was, I think, was when things started to take off. And I remember... Probably the most important phone call I ever uh, received was uh, Christmas Eve 2015. And it was when we were awarded, um, uh, my company, BB, at the time, we were awarded a, a, a quite large contract to work in an insurance company. And I had been working on that sale you know, for about two years. Patience, obviously, is key with a lot of sales. And the person called me Christmas Eve, you know, maybe 5 p.m. I was, I was getting ready to go out and celebrate with my, my in-laws and and, and we won the contract. And so from there, things just started to fall in. Because once you get your first major client, yeah. people start to trust you and move in. And and over the years, yeah, just things kind of started to get bigger and bigger. We we started off, you know, with contracts, you know, 50 people, 100 people. And soon we're doing contracts, working with uh, 500,000 students across Colombia, wow. Latin America. And it's just kind of, we obviously, we had roller coaster moments hmm. with it. Um, but yeah, I would say 2015 is kind of when things started to come together and things started to make sense and i realized this was an actual viable business idea so but yeah okay so a couple of years in and you got that huge contract the insurance i mean was that down to just hardcore networking uh, rubbing shoulders everywhere you needed to be talking to the right people or was it just uh knocking on on the door and uh, you know insisting yeah it makes sure make sure both uh first couple of years um, I was doing a lot of networking. Um, and even now, I, st I still love networking. Um, you know, in Latin America, Colombia, Bogota, no matter where you are, all it, at the end of the day, it comes down to who you know, and those doors are open. And so that one, it was actually, that went through uh, cold call prospecting at the time. But then obviously that relationship was built where we're working on the sales pipeline, just trying to help them solve their challenge they had. And, and yeah, that coming through through was huge. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, networking is it's, it's 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 completely vital here so you need networking you need to not be an introvert and also have an incredible constitution for your liver yeah yeah that, that's a good way to put it i <laughs> i uh i have a i have a lot of funny stories about just randomly meeting somebody at the bar or 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 um some type of networking event and, and being able to manage that you know obviously networking i also found really interesting I'd go and have a beer or two, and, and there'd always be the one individual who couldn't control their liquor or something at a networking event. And, and you can imagine what, what, how that went from there. Um, somebody who's trying to network and they're drunk off their ass, slurring words. So obviously, make sure you're responsible when you do that. But yeah, I mean, networking is huge, and, and that's something that I've been doing since I got down here. And, and thankfully, it's something that's always uh, has, has come very natural to me, and, and I've always really enjoyed because it's fun meeting different people from different walks of life and, and never really having an agenda, but just getting to talk to people. Uh, well, I think it, rather than making this, the sales pitch a lot of times, just talking to people is even better, isn't it? It's like, oh, he was a good guy. Oh, he's got a business, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, talking to people, but I think when it comes to, you know what we were doing, we were offering a solution to a challenge that a lot of organizations had, you know, training up their teams and, and having the second language needs. But we were able to offer a solution to their biggest headache. And so when I look at sales and marketing, I, I've always said uh, that you don't have to sell anything. You just have to solve their their problem or their challenge. And as soon as you do that, you become the savior 
And there's nothing, no sales going behind that. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people miss that around that America, even in the United States. And even still, I get cold called all the, all the time from random organizations. And it's hilarious. They'll, they'll, like, like the most common cold calls or cold messages I get, we do IT and web development. Mm. Uh, can I get a 30 minute medium? Like, no, I don't know who you are. I don't mm. know what challenge you're solving or anything, but uh, just break it down. Solve, solve their, their, their biggest challenges and you're no longer selling. You're just helping them out when, when they need it. Do you, do you get the same, this is kind of tangential here, but do you get the same level of cold calling if you're in the US? Because I can say in the UK when I'm there for an extended period of time, yeah. I don't get that. But here, it's all the time. And it's bad cold calling. I mean... Yeah, well, in, when I'm in the U.S., uh, I, I haven't been there in the past 12 years, but if I'm even there for a week or two, I do get it. And it, just, it tends to be a lot of the same sectors, different things like that. One thing I'll notice that that's really different regarding cold calling or cold messaging or, or prospecting with LinkedIn. Um, in, in Colombia, I'll, uh, I'll get pretty horrible outreaches in, in, within Colombia, Latin America. And these are these yeah. random messages that are put together trying to get a meeting. Yeah, and and they have no idea how how the sales process works. In, in the U.S., it tends to be a bit more tactical or yeah. with a bit more strategy. I'm not going to say it's any better, but they have a bit more strategy. And people try to build up conversations or things like that, and they try to show that trust before they actually get the meeting. So I do find a difference with that. But yeah, I mean, cold calling it is what it is. It's it's. I, I mean, I hate to say it, um, it's always going to be a part of business, whether you like yeah. it or not. And and if you're going to start a business, you always have to be willing to do it. So on on that, do you get? I mean, because I think the cold calling, cold messaging uh, on my I get messages on Instagram as well, uh, asking me to be like an influencer for something. Previously, it was always because, you know, there were pictures of my my dog. I don't know how the algorithms work because I'm now getting a bunch about like uh, feet photos, selling photos of their feet. No, 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 no. (laughs) Like pubic hair care and stuff. I yeah, well, I haven't gotten that. I get a lot. Of, I get Instagram. I don't get that much because I'm not that active. Um, but I, every now and then, I'll be like, uh, I'll get something. Check out my OnlyFans and see photos of my feet. Like, <laughs> this is so. This is so strange. This it's, is so strange. It's weird, isn't it? But I don't know. I mean, how do the algorithms work that they they think that? Well, I mean, well, I don't. Let's not get into this. <laughs> what I need is well, some trimming downstairs. I I uh, I just finished a book called Stealing Your Focus. Not sure if you heard about it, but talking about how how the IT companies are moving away, and like with Instagram and things like that, how the algorithms are programmed, mm. and it makes perfect sense. We know this, but their 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 job is to keep people as active as possible on the platform, and so um, yeah, the algorithms. I don't even know, but that's how uh, how oftentimes people will contact you. That's why there's also what they call the infinite scroll. And, you know, somebody could sit down and be scrolling on Instagram for three hours and not even realize what's happening. So, okay. Well, we are, okay. We are, I think we, we've, we've, we've gone down a, a digression here on this one. But yeah, I think yeah, let's get back. The, the first, the first things we, we've covered really, you know, in your business world here, relationships are key. Uh, you know, yep. the networking. What, I mean, there are, I, on your LinkedIn, you put five points. And we can go through each one. The second one is don't underestimate a good lawyer. Uh, and oh, a, yeah. <laughs> really important. Now, I don't know if we can talk about it, but did some of your employees make trouble for you? Yeah, well, I've, I've had a lot of, yeah, I, I could talk about most of the things these days. Um, so I remember what, well, when I started the company, I, I, I tried starting a company by myself thinking I could save a couple hundred dollars on legal fees. And it ended up costing me a couple thousand dollars. I mean, at the time, um, a couple thousand dollars was like my entire net worth. <laughs> so you could imagine, <laughs> you could imagine um, the feeling I had when that happened. But so I didn't really understand how much a good lawyer, a good accountant was worth. Um, and I, I've gone through a lot of lawyers um, over the years. I always find that that lawyers uh, um, oftentimes trying to make things a bit more complicated than it actually is. So I learned how to ask the right questions. Yeah. But yeah, first couple of years, I had a couple of issues. Couple of issues. I remember uh, with uh, one of the funnier series I have is with uh, uh, Migración, which used to be DAS. And so for long-term listeners of the show, they might remember that 
does he's been the agency that did all the visa control among other things yeah. um and before they changed it i got shaken down by a DAS agent in a mcdonald's for um for visa irregulars and and uh yeah that was a pretty interesting one and it was just it, there was uh it's because a lawyer didn't know how to do visas at the time hmm. and so the guy found out about it and and uh for those listening, this does not happen now. This was back 10, 15, 10, 12 years ago when it was DAS and they were the spiring. And they, uh, the guy saw me as, as a, a young kid who made a mistake. He thought he could get some money out of me, yeah. but I had no idea he was trying to shake me down. It didn't even, I didn't even realize so like a couple months after that he was trying to get money. I did, it, at the time, I didn't realize like, oh, I thought it was normal for me to go meet with government officials at McDonald's. <laughs> and have an ice cream and not in their office. Um, so yeah, I mean things like that happen. It wasn't even having to do with employees. It was just having to do with the fact that I didn't have the right lawyers at the time. Just just doing a couple of very simple things yeah. uh, with that. Being shaken down. I mean, again, you you went into the. It, you were entirely naive about this, so therefore you weren't concerned or whatever. So you were under observation then, and he came in and and decided to collar you in McDonald's. So I'm trying to think that that specific situation. We got audited, which audits were quite normal. But there was a, if I, I vaguely remember that had something to do with like a reporting. And so the way visas work now, when you get your visa, you have to report via a system called CIRE. Um, but back then, this was before. The the DAS or Migración even had computers, and, <laughs> and and so we you'd have to send in a letter giving all the specific specific information. Well, we're doing the letters, but we're forgetting I don't know something so minuscule nobody would even think to do. Yeah. And he decided to try to get get me on that. He's like, well, we have a hundred uh, situations on where this happened. I'm like, oh no, what do we do? I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I mean, how can I fix this? Like. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I could help you. I'm like, cool. How do you help me? I, do you want me to resend it? He's like, well, no, it's a bit more serious than this. I mean, this is like going to be a lot of money. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Okay. And I, I just thought, like, I, I didn't realize he was trying to ask for yeah. money at the time. And, and once again, everybody who's listening, this does not happen anymore. This was this was the spy ring and there's a reason why they dissolved it among yeah. many things <laughs> and it, it took me a couple months to figure it out and, and <laughs> i mean he's he's in jail now not not because of me but for a completely different other situation oh, you you followed his career <laughs> yeah he was the guy he was part of the the spy ring uh doing the calls against journalists in 2008 and 2009 you got all those calls all the time yeah really this guy oh really yeah, this yeah. guy Okay, yeah, so, we'll, we'll not name him just in case. Uh, but I yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that naivety played you very well indeed. And then if we go to pe- point number three, you said patience is key. Um, oh, yes, yes. As a small business owner, uh, I've now got patience when I'm when I'm working locally. My patience can fit in an aircraft hangar. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I mean, is it for you when you were thinking about contracts or taxes or, or what, what, what really do you mean when you say well, good, on you, good on you if you developed the patients? I hit that was something I never really developed. And <laughs> it, it, it caused a lot of uh, frustration along the way. Yeah, but I just within it. I mean, everything around latin america and and i i keep saying that in america because we're, we're the my company we were based in Bogota, but we were working across latin america just how you know sales pipelines would go through just how we would have to do um any type of documentation with it with um dion or tax agency or or comedy commercial uh different things like that i mean even recently when when i was leaving my company i did change uh like the 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 i don't know the representante the guy the person who could do all the official signing and i mean i I go to the comedy commercial and i i pass them the the actors or things like that and they approve it but then they realize that they made a mistake and so then i had to go back and redo it so that person didn't get in trouble so it took me four days to do something that Mm. could have been online but it is what it is and that's latin america and, and and you know patience at the end of the day uh, hope, hope that it, it, to be more successful than I was, um, I, I was never able to really develop that patience. Um, like I said, it caused me a lot of, lot of heartache and frustrations. But 
for the most successful people here I see are, are able to really manage that patience and just just work with it and laugh it off. Well, yeah, I, I've learned to laugh. There are things that I expect to be done well now that, so, you know, I've got employees that I've had in for 12 odd years and so on. I don't expect them to be making the same errors on administrative or bureaucratic issues that we've been working on for 12 years. That's where my patience runs thin. Um, My patience also runs thin when, for example, if you're in the Camera Comercio or the Chamber of Commerce or in the Dian, and they make a mistake that then costs me more time. That's where, you know, that, that for me is, and that would be anywhere in the world. That's the other thing. Anyways, it's like, you know, I've come down here with every good intention. You've made the error. And this is, oh, yeah. you know, that's, I, I, you know, and I'm, you know, when I make the error, you know, I'm the first to say and apologize and try and resolve it. I think that's, but oh, when it's, when it's flipped back. And I think this feeds into the next thing, which is the cultural identification being vital. And I think, yeah. you know, I am, I am a Brit. I am from elsewhere. I am a guest here. And so I do laugh off a lot. And I do, like you said, it is what it is. You know, things yeah. do work differently. And I, I appreciate that. And for that reason, I'm oh, here. Yeah. yeah, I find, I find, yeah, yeah, you're completely right. I, but I also find my patience with utility co- companies oh. or, or telecommunication, like Collado, I think is the worst. It's I worse. remember, uh, yeah, like, what was it, 2015? I mean, back then, you know, so, like cell phones and all this internet data, I, I would always say it was always about five years behind what was happening in the United States. And so this was probably 2014, 15. We had to get Clado installed, or I, I went down or something like that. And we only used the landlines for to receive calls um, mm. because the cell phones weren't as as um, common or or as, as utilized as we do today. So now it wouldn't matter. But it was cell, it was uh, landlines and internet, and our internet went down. And, and the Collado guy came over and he's like, all right, so I fix it. It'll be up in two days. Can you please sign saying I did my job? I'm like, no. no. He's like, well, I got to get you. I got to get to another service. I said, I don't care. I, <laughs> I need internet and I'm paying you for the internet. He's like, well, I'm leaving. And I went and locked the door and I said, I'll open the door when you give me internet. <laughs> and so then he sits on the ground. He's like, you're kidnapping me. I'm going to call the police. I'm like, call the police. With what? You don't have a phone line. Get us down. <laughs> and, and, but we had no joke after that five minutes later we yeah. had it back up he just didn't yeah. want to do it and, yeah. and, now and you yeah. are not the only person i know who's locked a claro engineer <laughs> in a room you are, <laughs> yeah. you are the second person i know um listeners it wasn't me i have a friend from the czech republic who has an apartment downtown and he was renting it and and claro came in and they went through all the wires and they went through everything and they went well the whole building gets internet apart from your apartment so he, and he just thought, that's amazing. And that's, so he said, he said, that, uh, he walked out and he locked the door and, you know, it has one of those sort of um, misted windows by the door. And there's the apparently the Claro uh, engineer is knocking on it going, please let me out. He goes, no, not until I get internet, not until you connect it. If you have to run a wire up and round and over, I'll pay for it, but not until I get internet. So the, apparently the guy did oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's it's amazing and even still like like if you call them today this is 2023 and it takes them three weeks to come out or actually do something it's yeah. it's I, it's unbelievable that a company that is so bad as as, as glado they've been able yeah. to get as big as they are sorry sorry carlos sims i'm sure carlos sims is listening right now but uh i doubt uh, it i doubt it it would be uh highly <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sam's get it going. Yeah. Get your company working. But then that brings in, you know, we talk this is cultural identification and things like that. When I think about it, you know, I'm very you gotta relax about these things. And it's like the conversations, isn't it? You, you don't get into business ever at the beginning of a conversation. It's always even people you don't know. How's the family? Oh, yeah. How's the kids? Oh, isn't the weather great? Uh, you know, the government is awful. <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a simple template I used for most meetings. And I, I, I brought this up more as a joke, but it's actually pretty truthful. If you have a one hour meeting, I would say usually the first 55 minutes are just chatting with people. And then you'll yeah. do one minute of business and then four minutes of closing. And, and... <laughs> but that's fun. See, I yeah. actually enjoy that. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. 
Um, it makes it more human, in my opinion. You know, it makes it a bit more. You get to know the person you're working with, which is always a good thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And you build those relationships, and those relationships last. I mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 pretty interesting to see all all these relationships I've built over the years. Um, a lot of these these uh, individuals have gone off to do other things, and mm. and so when you look at your network that you build um, from professional, but there's more personal stories that go with that instead of instead of professional and that, that's key in that in america yeah and i think that's i think that's a huge uh a huge bonus and i think uh i mean you wanted to put number five the banking system is horrible i don't think we need to talk particularly about that it's the most incredibly inefficient and costly it's so bad i've ever it is so bad what it amazes is so me is Everything is, you can do most things online apart from almost outside of business hours. You know, you're trying to do something outside of business hours, the online thing. There's a, there's in some banks, the online like uh, uh, platform doesn't work. And you're just like, well, what, what that takes away the whole uh, you know, efficiency of online. But I don't want to, I mean, you know, the costs of banking, the complications of banking. They, it's a disaster. We've been over it a billion times. We've mentioned it. I think that to people, thinking of setting up a business you're just gonna have to face it you're just gonna have to get an accountant and do it because there's a reason these people are experts <laughs> oh yeah completely i mean well the, the good news is i just see light at the end of the tunnel there has been a lot of fintech innovations that are happening so things are in the past year i've seen more changes than i have in the previous 11 years so there's quite a bit of hope yeah. but i when i was starting my company this was 2011 i remember i went to go try to open a savings account I wasn't even asking for them to give me money. I said, here, let me give you this cash. Yeah. And they, they denied me in 2011 because they thought I was too big of a risk. And I'm like, what? I'm here. I'm giving you money. But, but well, like I said. But, you're a risk. You're probably bringing, I don't know, the equivalent of I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars to open an account. No, not even. <laughs> Maybe $300, if that. Like, it, it was nothing. It was just like, here, just let me give you this so people can send money when they when they buy our services. And we had yeah. all the legal incorporation, all the tax documents and everything. They still wouldn't do it. Listeners, like I said, this was 12 years ago. Yeah. There's the things that in the past year, I've seen more innovation than I have in the previous 11. So Around that time ago, I got, I got called in. I had to go into the bank because uh, my transfer of around 2,000 pounds was blocked for fear of money laundering. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What year um, did you open your your company? Uh, two thousand and eight. Okay. Yeah, okay. but so, yeah, I mean, like two thousand pounds money laundering. Me, look at my credit history. Look at this. You guys are running however much money out of Venezuela into buildings yeah. here, and you're 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 calling up me. You know. <laughs> well, well, if, if if you were money laundering with two thousand pounds, you're not you're not that good at money laundering, is what yeah. I would say. And I was just like, also when they said it, it was in Montpos, and I'm like, if I'm money laundering, I wouldn't be doing it here. I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing. I, you know, I'd be in Cartagena or Barranquilla or anywhere else where you can sort of, you know, make it fly. But let that thing said, um, you know, these are a bit of negatives and stuff. But this is a land of opportunity. Everything can be done here. There is everything to do. Yeah, completely. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I stayed. So, you know, I look back past 12 years, I just saw an opportunity and I, and I ran with it. Um, and, and every day I see so much going on and so much potential. Uh, it, it's a cool place. It's a cool yeah. place to live. That's why I'm still here. That's why you're still here. Yeah. I mean, it's a great country. It's it's a beautiful country. The people are great. Yeah, there are challenges, but there are a lot of opportunities. There's a lot going on. And it's just exponential. Every single day I see what's happening and the innovation that's going on. Mm. It's mind-blowing what, yeah. what I've seen over these past couple of months and what, what's being developed for companies across yeah. across Latin America and in Colombia. Yeah. Would you – I mean, if you were to say, listen – uh now that you're again as a, a gentleman of leisure you're a boulevardier you like long lunches and so on uh, but would you say uh you know good opportunities here tech companies import export what would you kind of say well um i'm not fully retired just yet as much as i wish i was but uh <laughs> you're younger you know, than me right you're, you're quite a bit younger than me and you're retired <laughs> I'm, I'm not retired. I, I, I'm taking some time off to to, to have long lunches with you and talk about Colombia. You know, hang on um, a second. That's what that's what that's what a, a, that's a, there's a name for it. It's called a sabbatical. A sabbatical. There we go. I'm on a sabbatical. 
We, you know, opportunity. Some of the more interesting things I've seen recently is near source services. Yeah, and, lots of and that. this is, yeah, because what's happening, especially in the United States and in Canada, uh, there's a shortage of labor with a lot of the jobs that, you know, lower paying jobs. And so a lot of near source companies have been popping up because the talent in Colombia um, and in Latin America is, is, is really high. Uh, uh, very, very, very educated. There's a lot of people who do speak English as, as well as a, a third language. So near shore is popping up. I, I've been seeing quite a bit. You know, obviously any types of, of companies that are centered around, you know, um, services. So if you think about IT development, you know, to hire an IT developer in the States, you're looking at $100, $150 an hour. In Colombia, you could be paying $50 an hour, which is a phenomenal wage uh, here in Colombia. And, and it's just getting clients um, worldwide a bit more uh, bang for their buck. So that's been really interesting. Yeah. You know, obviously, there's so many sectors that are moving. Fintech, I, I, I just, uh, I, I, we go back to the banking. I think so much is going along with going on with uh, fintech and what's happening with uh, financial companies that are starting um, just to make things easier. Yeah. And it makes me so happy that they're, they're finally knocking on the doors of the, the big banks and, and they're yeah. slowly starting to feel it. And so this is, on, like, this is like totally online banking and stuff, fintech things. Yeah, totally online banking. You know, um, the, in Brazil, they have a lot of that going on because in Brazil, it's even more complicated. But there's just so many different things that are being offered. There's uh, some awesome ways that companies can now sync expenses across Latin America. One of the more interesting uh, ideas I saw recently was Jeeves. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, what I have no relation with them, so this is no promo or anything, but I, I just think it's a really cool idea. Uh, it's like trygeeves.com, and it's just pretty much allowing you to pay for expenses in the country where you have it yeah. with a credit card, in, but you could pay funds from the U.S. or any other country. Huh. So it just facilitates expense management across latin america and it's a simple idea but nobody's doing it nobody's doing it and things like that get get, get me pretty excited i, guess, I mean that's quite exciting i knew someone i know of someone who's you know a lawyer here in colombia again professional hired a team of other lawyers and is doing the nearshoring for atlanta's parking system oh cool i mean that's cool, oh, isn't cool. It? and so they get paid for uh, in colombia but u.s wages i'm sure it's lower than what they would pay people in the u.s uh, insurance and everything else and i mean everybody's awesome. happy i came across a company recently and i didn't even know this existed but outsourcing architectural designs to colombia really? and i didn't even know you could do that and i, I this shows how, how little i know about engineering and architecture but he has a firm of, of you know 20 something architects and so when, when these architectural companies need to build up plans they could send work down to Columbia half the cost. Wages in Columbia, they're receiving quite a bit more than they would yeah. anywhere else. And so it's it's a win-win situation. So yeah, things like that get me get me pretty excited and there's there's a lot going on. So what I mean, as I think are you doing some consulting then in your in your spare time? Yeah. So uh as much as I wish I was retired, I'm not. Um so I, I, I started retirement and after a day I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> I I think I think I saw you. In that little transition when I was bored out of my mind and, and you know, working uh, for as long as I did and for you know, past 12, 12 years, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks, mm-hmm. I found it very hard to slow down. So I've been since then I started doing some consulting, which is also just really interesting, just helping companies or individuals figure out how to come into Latin America, optimize revenue, their revenue generating machine. So how do you seek sales, marketing service, things like that. And I, I just find that um, fascinating because I'm able to go into organizations and I always just say, what is your biggest headache? And, and I go help them solve it. Yeah, nice. So hang on. Uh, it sounds like some of my listeners might be interested in in uh, in contracting you. How can they get in touch? Great. Find me on LinkedIn, Eric with a C, R Tabone or Tabone, however you want to say it. If you're speaking English, Spanish, or French, um, just look for me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Eric Tabone in in Latin America, um, <laughs> and and I'm the uh, uh, my my LinkedIn picture is a ugly bald guy. Uh, so just look for the ugly bald guy, and that, that's me. Do we equate your um, male pattern baldness to the stress of opening a business and running it for twelve years, sixty hour weeks? I wish I could say that was the case. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's play with the blame it on that. 
this is not play, this is not blame it on my my genetics. Yeah, let, let's just go with the stress. So. <laughs> well, listen, it's been fun because it, honestly, I, I think at the end of it, the main thing we take away is obviously there are challenges, but there are challenges everywhere. You know, and that's it. And this is a land of opportunity. You come down. You take, you know, test the water, see what's missing, see how to open up something, create jobs, make a life for yourself. I mean, you're married, you got a, a daughter. I'm married, I got two sons. They've been here however yeah. many years, not going anywhere. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's great. You know, I always go back. Like, I still say, but I, I'm very grateful to have traveled quite a bit over the world. I still love Bogota. I think it's yeah. a great place to to be. Uh, there's always pros and cons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, starting a company on here, it's, it's a lot of work, but it was also really rewarding. And, and, yeah. and there's always opportunities. There's more opportunities in Latin America that I, that I see on a daily basis compared to other areas of the world, which that, that gets pretty exciting. That's what that's what I think too, and I, I firmly believe it. And if I had you know some of the sort of seed cash, I'd, I'd be doing other things as well. Hang on, before you before we go, um, yeah. to allow yourself to get into this very enviable situation, I think you found you found an investor, right? Yeah. So we did a part of it. So part of my, I'm still one of the owners of the company, but we actually put a management in place. And you know, when we go back to networking, that's that's a good story. Um, you know, networking. It was just one day I just randomly walked into the Irish pub because I had finished and I went into the pub to have a, a beer and do some work. And I just ran into a guy. And next thing we know, we were signing an NDA and and got a phenomenal partner who came on board who helped me put the management team in place. And and so at the end of the day, uh, it's all about getting out there and talking to people. Um, it's about building those relationships and and just trying to figure out where synergies lie it, rather than just sell something just to sell. Just just figure out where those connections and 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 make that work i think the most important uh, detail there is what kind of time do you have to go into the irish pub to find an investor i think at that time i probably went in at 1 p.m uh, so it was, it was a bit on the earlier side but hey it shows that you know having having a beer or whiskey at one or two p.m does have its uh, advantages there you go and that one beer turned into another and then it turned into this again this enviable situation that you find yourself in so listen my hat is off to you, Eric. You've done an amazing job. I mean, imagine having like the former minister of health and then the late latterly the former minister of education as one of your first clients. I mean, yeah, you were yeah. destined for great things, of course. But uh, yeah. uh, um, I'm I hope that your um your consulting continues and and that you're able to you know uh, fill some of those hours in the day so you don't get too bored and start like a topiary business <laughs> or or growing yeah. mushrooms or something. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no well thanks richard yeah it's been like i said a lot of fun and for those listeners who are thinking about you know starting a company or anything like that feel free to uh get in contact i, I love meeting new people talking new ideas and, and remember richard is also a great source he has several successful companies here uh so so between us hopefully one of us could put uh, listeners in the right direction. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say so. Sometimes I don't feel it's very successful, but other times I reflect and say, yeah, you know what? It's really good. Um, but anyhow, so we've been talking to Eric Taboni or Eric Tabone. Find him on LinkedIn. Get in touch with him. Don't cold call him. Uh, actually introduce yourself and say what's yep. going on. Don't... Uh, uh, and and you know he will get back in 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 touch. Of course he will, and because he likes long lunches and and meeting people and so on. So this has been a great uh, episode, four hundred and sixty eight of the Columbia Calling podcast. It's been fun to chat to Eric over there. Uh, you know, take some of the monotony out of his day. Uh, and uh, of course, thank you for everyone to for listening. I know you enjoyed last week's episode with Sergio Guzman and uh, Sara Torres from Columbia Risk Analysis, talking about Chinese investment in Colombia. Very interesting indeed. Of course, you can support us on patreon.com. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Columbia Calling. And for those who don't know, I am now the host uh, of another podcast called The Latin News Podcast. You can find the website, thelatinnewspodcast.com. And there's links there to Spotify, Google, YouTube, and so on. And we talk about political events taking place in the region of the Americas. We've covered Chile, Peru, and Brazil. And next up will be Paraguay, given the recent presidential elections there. So thank you for listening. Get in touch with Eric Tavoni. Check out 
BBE English. So Bogota, biggest English, but they rebranded BBB, BBE. <laughs> What's the website, Eric? BBELanguages.com. So if anybody needs to uh, learn English, Spanish, French, Portuguese, or need second language consulting, get in touch with my my uh, my old company. There's a great team managing it, and they'll they'll be able to help you guys out. Perfect. So thank you again for listening, everyone. We're signing off for this week. We'll be back next week. Of course, continue to recommend people or subjects that you wish to hear about here on the Columbia Calling Podcast, and we will do our best. But thank you for listening, everyone, and goodbye. The Columbia Calling Podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own just complete the form on the columbia calling website that's www.columbiacalling.co or the bnb columbia tours website that's www.bnbcolumbia.com and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive Colombian adventure. So that's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.